Hello, and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail, and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, I'm super excited. I have Mark Weber here from On The Mark Events, and we're talking about something that is so important that we haven't really touched on at all on this podcast yet, which is the catering aspect of your wedding. And we all know that the food is like top criteria. So everybody get ready. And Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Sure. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I mean, we're going to get into like everything that you do because I feel like your business, you know, just by doing like my own research, I've noticed you have so much going on. You have, you have so many like places that you do it for, and I'm going to tap on all of that. But first I kind of want to ask you, how did on the mark events get started? Yeah, sure. So, so, uh, I never really like thought I was going to become a caterer, frankly. I started out cooking. I was cooking at five years old, my mom, um, and cooked throughout high school, worked in restaurants, started um, working at 15, and then went to Culinary Institute of America, graduated. Uh, I went to New York Institute of Technology for a hospitality degree, didn't graduate. Um, and then I started, I was started cooking. I was private chefing. I had a couple of like, gigs going on. I think what's really cool about the catering business Probably some of our other uh, businesses in you know, events is that it's like super exponential. So you do a party for 10 people and that goes well. And you do a party for 50 people and you know, everybody keeps asking if you do a great job. They ask, you know, who, who did this, you know, caters, who planned it, whatever. And so, um, so yeah, so it, I was really private chefing and then the catering business just kind of happened as, an, as, a, um, as a result of happy customers. So pretty organically, frankly. Listen, I mean, organically is the best <laughs> way to go. Um, I will also say, I also went to NYIT. Did you? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go for hospitality. I actually okay. went for communications. So my background is in public relations and TV production. But my focus throughout like all of college was event planning and PR. But I, awesome. I took a few um, hospitality classes while I was there. Which... Uh... Which campus? I went to the one in Manhattan. Okay, me too. You did? So, yeah, actually, so I dropped out when all the classes started going distance learning to, to the Westbury campus. And I was like super ADD and I was like, I can't focus on, on like this. I mean, this is, I've gotten better at this, but like doing stuff online was just not, not a thing for me at the time. Yeah, no, I get that. I couldn't really do like online classes like at all. Um, yeah. And I, I took one semester where I went back and forth between the Long Island campus and the city just to change it up. And it was like a good change of pace because I'm used to driving opposed to taking the train. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like that city campus was like, it doesn't give you that college experience no. that everybody no. else has, but no. it gives you like real life, like work feeling. Like I, I felt like, I was able to make some connections there. I was, I was like ready for the work world, I think before everybody else was, but I didn't like, I didn't do the whole like crazy college experience that everybody else probably had. I hear you. I kind of missed out on that too. (laughs) You can't have it all. Agreed. (laughs) 
So now On The Mark events handles the catering for a lot of well-known venues throughout Manhattan, Westchester, Connecticut. What are some events that you've done that have been like special or like really stand out to you? Yeah, so it's funny. People people um, ask us all the time and like we've done, we've had you know, the opportunity to cater some really large, really high profile, really um, you know, special, special parties. But I think for me, so the reason I do this is like I really enjoy making people happy. And so like that's where most of my fulfillment comes from. So um, the ones that are most special are really the ones where I have like a really deep connection with the customer, you know, and then you get that email on Monday morning, the unsolicited email on Monday morning, which is like, oh my God, this was incredible. You know, blew my, blew my expectations and oh my gosh, you're so happy. And, and that to me is like the reason I do what I do. And to the other side of it, like, God forbid, you get an angry, you know, somebody was unhappy about something or disappointed. It doesn't matter how much money it was or how special or high, high profile. It's just, you know, uh, all the gratification goes away. So I would say I don't, nothing, I don't have a specific event that sticks out. I mean, there's definitely some larger ones that, like, probably a little more stressful. But honestly, like, we do 10-person parties and we do, you know, 800-person parties. And um, they all receive the same love. And they're all really exciting to be a part of. So I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> kind of the way I feel about it. So. What, are, what are some of the venues that you handle like the catering for to give to give people like an idea? Sure. Yeah. So so I mean so so we are we started out as an off-premise you know catering company. So we work anywhere. Um, but one of the ways we've really grown is through like the real estate uh, side of the business um, by creating exclusive catering contracts. That really helps to benefit both sides. So we help a lot of nonprofits, uh, places like Fairfield Theater Company in Fairfield, or our Street Teen Center in Greenwich, or the Audubon Center in Greenwich, um, monetize their space for events, which you know really helps to raise raise money to further their cause. Um, we also work with like private locations. Like there's a there's a gentleman who owns an airplane hangar in Danbury, um, and so when he's not you know pull the planes out, out, put them on the tarmac, and we host events in there. So, you know, other really creative ways to basically monetize their space during off hours. And um, some of them are also ones that we um, have leases on and, and own and operate. And, you know, we have one in Irvington called Hudson Loft, and we have one in Norwalk uh, called uh, Longshore Pavilion, which is this beautiful tent on the water, and another one in Westport uh, called the Unit Longshore. So, um, at least there's other, a couple other partnerships that we have. We have. Um, so all, all together, there's about 11 of them right now. So, wow. Which is, yeah. I mean, great. Are yeah. they able to, I know that like Manhattan is like, it's kind of its own world in regards to rules right now and regulations with COVID, but are you allowed to do micro weddings in Westchester and Connecticut? Yeah, totally. And, and, and uh, I'm pretty sure we can do, we have a, so we have a place in the city called Ivy Terrace, which is basically an amenitized office building. Um, and we have a, a partnership with them to utilize their space. And so we have a, we have an outdoor terrace there. So we can do, you know, main monies and things like that. Um, obviously it's a little cold, but for those, you know, people who want to embrace the winter, uh, we could, we could certainly accommodate. Um, but yeah, we, you know, the, uh, the sales team is definitely mindful of the different, restrictions in each, each of our locations and we have to take that into account for sure when planning. So um, yeah, I actually was on a call with the events coalition literally before this trying to figure out like if they'll be able to give us some 
uncertainty as to when you know things will come back because all of our customers are trying to they all think we have a crystal ball and i wish we did <laughs> I, I know i know yeah. and it's so crazy when you know we were allowed 50 people we knew that and now it's still things are just like up in the air and people aren't sure like are we allowed to do 50 are we not allowed to do 50 you know um is there like a cutoff like a regulation on timing you know with everything that's going on with the restaurant industry as well totally yeah that's really quite confusing so very confusing and i'm really <laughs> hoping we'll have some answers soon because yeah, oh my god <laughs> we don't totally. want to have to reschedule those brides and grooms again yeah i feel for them i really do i really feel for for a lot of the you know couples who've had to go through this and um yeah. certainly not the experience i think they, they were hoping for but we're certainly grateful that we've had a lot of really really amazing couples who've like you know stuck with us and and um you know continued to delay their wedding and you know it's going to be great when they when we can actually execute so yeah and i will say one of the positives that's come out of this is that you know you always had those brides and grooms like they were getting married whether it was friday saturday or sunday but now yep. like <laughs> any day is fair game yeah, you know it doesn't actually what day. Totally agree, and I think also we're seeing a lot of people who are you know they're they're going to be working from home now. So we're you know out in the suburbs, Fairfield, you know Fairfield County, people would commute in you know Thursday Fridays. Um, so now they're a lot more apt to want to host things during the week. I think because they're they're not going you know most of their friends at least on the social side maybe not in the wedding but they're not necessarily going to work so a little more um, flexible on scheduling. Nice. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, now we see not so much our industry, but in a lot of industries, you see that so much can be done virtually that you yep. don't technically need to go into the office. So with more people working from home, it's not like they're like, oh, I need to like get up early to like head into the city tomorrow. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. So basically if you want to get married <laughs> on a Tuesday, like we got you. Totally. And they're going to stay out late anyway, you know, they're going to have to get up. Yeah, they, they sign in and just keep their Zoom on the, you know, not no camera. Exactly. Uh, we don't really know about that life, but it looks exactly. like a lot of people do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, what are some of the services that On The Mark event handles, like for, for a wedding day? Sure. Yeah, I mean, we, so uh, anything having to do with catering, right? So food, staff beverage, rentals, um, we kind of stay in our lane with that stuff. As far, you know, uh, we don't really venture too far into the decor category. Um, you know, we're always super happy to refer outside of, you know, if somebody needs a florist or anything else. Um, but, you know, food, rentals, uh, bar, staffing, you know, all that. And if there's something, something really small, uh, some of our event planners like to do flowers as like a fun thing so we'll do like one or two bouquets but that's about where our uh services end <laughs> on, on florals and stuff well i think you guys got a lot on your plate so totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's a lot i mean it's a lot of detail well, especially because when, when you're off premise right because we're bringing in you know every spoon you know fork, everything comes in you know band-aids spatulas like everything has to be brought. So there's just a lot of things to remember and a lot of things you can potentially forget. And so it takes a lot of focus for sure. So. How long in advance, especially for something like a wedding, 
um, you know, typical wedding sizes in New York and Connecticut, you know, pre-COVID were probably anywhere between 100 to 300 people, give or take. How long in advance uh, should a couple come to you to book? Whenever they're ready, we're ready. I mean, um, you know, I, I always talk about this concept, especially in the corporate world. And I think, you know, everybody sees this where it's like, I'm on catering. You know, like you get a call two weeks out and they're like, I have 300 people coming to my office and I need food. And we're like, when did you send out the invites? And when did you call the caterer? Like, it's just it's like so funny to me that like that happens. But um, what we saw last year, you know, in 2020 was people were, and I think this is smart by the way. This is my, this is definitely my advice is wait until you're comfortable because what we're seeing a lot of is, you know, people are, are making plans based on what they hope is gonna happen, but actually what might happen. And so what ends up happening is you set your expectations. And I always say like, you know, expectations are the mother of all disappointments. So what happens is you set your expectations and you get really sad when it doesn't work out. Um, so I think what my, I've told people who wanna book, I basically say, look, call me when you're, for, especially for a smaller party, call me when you're four days out. And if you wanna have it, none of your friends have COVID and you still wanna do it, we can do it. We don't need a lot of, you know, lead time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say 200 person wedding with three weeks notice from our perspective would be fine as long as the couple's ready to make decisions. I think that's what it really comes down to is like, we, you know, from our perspective, our job is easy once you tell us what, you know, we're, but we're just executing the, the couple's vision. So like once they know what they want, it's, I would say, so. Okay. So, I mean, that's good because I also feel like we're living in a world where so much has been more last minute. Um, yeah. And so we've, we've scaled our company to deal with that, by the way. I mean, that's like, yeah, we realize that too. I totally agree with you. Now, being that you do handle a lot of on-premise for, you know, many venues, but you also handle off-premise. Um yep. Do you think that with things like due to COVID, a lot of people wanted more outside spaces? They don't want to really do the indoor, you know, dining experience because people are more comfortable outside. Sure. Um, and a lot of people are doing like that backyard wedding. Like if they're able, if they have a nice size backyard. Now, are the, do you think that that's going to be a trend that we see going on for like even past COVID? So it's really funny. Um, you know, so I live in Westport, Connecticut. It's like a, it's on the water and, and this is somewhat similar here. So, um, you know, when, when Hurricane Sandy happened, like nobody wanted to live on the water because all the housing got flooded and everybody was freaked out about living on the water. And now like, can't get a house in the water. Everybody forgets, you know? Um, and so I will tell you, like, historically, nobody wanted to do tented weddings or tented parties because they were like, what if it rains or what if there's a storm or whatever? And so, you know, I always think that life is kind of like a pendulum where like it swings back and forth. And so right now, tents, I think, are really, you know, hot um, to the point where you can't, you know, I'm hearing like there's shortages and you can't even get them. Um, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money generally to do a tented party because you're basically setting up a venue in, in your backyard and tearing it all apart 24 hours later so you know it's a little inefficient but it's beautiful and it's really special and it's and it's totally custom and it's exactly what you know, the brides and grooms want so um i certainly hope they're here to say i love tented weddings i think they're yeah. they're always 
like they're always unique, you know, so it's not like we're walking in the same venue that we've been to 20 times, right. um, which presents its own challenges, which is fun, but that's what we like, we like, you know, creating these special memories um, in a challenging environment because that's exciting. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think for 2021, it's here. Uh, I think if there's a huge storm at some point, people are definitely going back inside. So, you know, because then, then that's top of mind. So, yeah. Well, I actually had the same situation as that because I live on Long Island and, you know, my parents' house is one house away from the water where I live now is also across the street from the water. So like we had the same situation go on over here, but I will also say you touched on something that's like very important that I think a lot of brides and grooms should be aware of. A lot of people who don't work in the industry pair up having a backyard wedding with it being more cost effective and like that is not the case like and I try to explain that to people too because it's totally fine if you want to do that if you want to go that route of doing the backyard wedding and having like an open air tent should it be a nice day it's a lot more preparation and with that preparation the financial aspect is a lot bigger. There's a lot more right. in. Yeah, I think also same thing with like casual. People people equate casual to cheap and they're not. Like right. Uh same thing with like backyard, you know, people think backyard is casual. It it ends up being more money than, than going to a really formal event, frankly, sometimes. So yeah, it's um interesting. We definitely there's a lot of educating that we do, right? And I'm sure yeah. you're in the same position where you're educating the customer yep. on like no, these are uh, common misconceptions, I guess. So. Right, right. Yeah. It's like it's like also when you when you pick a venue that doesn't have catering on site and you have to bring everything in, you have to just prepare yourself that those things they're not when they're not already on site. They're extra things that have to go into your budget. Totally. I have this conversation actually a lot because there's some couples. Who are totally made for that and like they're organized and they're whatnot and then there's some that I'm like no no like let's go with something that has a few things already on hand that you don't yeah. have to worry about yeah I always say like sometimes some couples are really comfortable like in the box they're like they just want like a nice clean comfortable like safe box where everything's there and yeah the chairs they have yeah. a linen they have yeah yep totally <laughs> different shows for different folks exactly exactly nothing wrong either way just oh i think they're both great knowing, totally. knowing who you are and what That's you exactly it. <laughs> yeah, know, know yourself because you know, from our perspective we just want to make them happy right and so um yeah cool exactly now a lot of hospitality professionals, they're very creative. You know, we see this like people who do flowers, people who do catering, people who, you know, work in event planning and they deal with the design. What are some of your your favorite things about like kind of the creative process in the catering world? Um, that's a good question. So I would say, um, so the challenge we have is the, the cooking side of it. So we have this like very restaurant style pickup. We don't use any hot boxes. Um, so actually all of our chefs are actually restaurant chefs that we've, you know, that are now in catering. And so we've adapted a lot of those restaurant style um, 
the words, uh, procedures, recipes to like catering. Um, uh, format. And so I think what we have to constantly think about and be thoughtful is, is how are we going to pick this up in the field, right? So it's like, if we're working on a conference room on the 64th floor, you know, of a Manhattan skyscraper and they want burgers and fries, like there's no ventilation, like how are we going to do that, right? So we have to, so I always say that the menu has to be adapted to the location. Um, and so when you, when you, when you plan well, you plan a great menu, you're going to have a successful event. If you plan a really not so smart uh, or not so strategic menu, it's very difficult to execute. And so for me, I feel like that's where a lot of the creativity and, and fun part comes in, which is taking these unique um, environments that people bring us and adapting a menu that works in that environment. Um, and so for me, that's really fun because that, it's like operationally challenging and like, like a big chess game. Yeah. And people don't realize that depending on the event that you're doing and the location where you're doing it, the logistical factor is so important about how, okay. like, how you're going to get the food to that location that makes the most sense. Yeah. How, how are you going to pick it up? Right. Like, how are you going it's, to, it's, it's not only, you're right. It's not only, like, we did a party on uh, the world in four world trade center before it was built and we were bringing the food up and like one of those, those like things that are on the side of the building. I don't even know what they're called, but they like go up the outside of the building on like a construction site. Um, and then, you know, so like, yeah, there's 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 getting it in there, but then there's also just like, you know, what's the power in there? What's the ventilation? Uh, you know, and how am I gonna, how am I gonna, how much space do I have? How am I gonna get this menu that they requested into that space? So. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But I feel like in our field, we like enjoy these like little challenges. Oh, that's where all the fun is. Yeah, totally. If you don't have an adrenaline rush, you're just not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, I, it's funny. It's, I, like, I question if I'm like an adrenaline junkie. Like, if I should be jumping out of airplanes, I'm totally afraid of heights. Like, you're, uh, you're not a little stressed out. I mean, yeah. does it count? No, totally. <laughs> like, totally. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Now, with everything going on with COVID, which has just been, you know, the bane of our existence for almost a year now, how has On The Mark events had to navigate business during this time? Sure. So we've embraced the one thing we said we never do. <laughs> so we've kind of gotten like far outside of our comfort zone, um, which is delivery. So like we've, we've, like since we started, we've been an events only catering company and we've had you know, lots of people call in and say, can you deliver hors d'oeuvres? Can you deliver lunch or whatever it is? And the answer is always, been, unfortunately, we'd love to help you and thanks for thinking of us, but unfortunately we can't just because we can never control the execution. Um, but when this whole thing started, you know, and basically in like three days we had, and we had a pretty large team at the time and a full-time IT hero um, and our marketing team. And so like they basically like worked for three days straight to like create this Shopify website and this whole concept of phrase, which is um, like bulk delivery. So it's not like delivering a, a, like a restaurant style meal where it's like you get your, your chicken and your broccoli and your rice all in one plate, and, you know, come pot. This is like a something where you can order a bunch of food all at once and then you can freeze it or serve it as you need. Um, and so it was wildly successful. Um, it was 
incredible uh, and really our clients are just um, wonderful in that they've like helped to support us and, and so that really helped us through March, April and May and then we kind of did some events and um, then we've kind of embraced Crave again and, and there's questions about whether or not we you know we're going to keep it open when this whole thing when this whole thing's over because we've really built it out and like kind of um, figured out all the quirks but uh, my my goal, and I think my whole team's goal, is we can't wait to get back to the event. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we're living in a time where we've had to, you know, totally like reinvent what we do. Yep. And you know, with now so many people who are home or staying home to eat dinner or whatnot, you've been able to really branch out. And now, like now, you're you're not just like doing events, you're like fully like, you know, kind of catering to people in their home. We're basically a restaurant. I mean, we're basically embraced some of that restaurant style. So now, and now we've actually, we started out, we were just delivering like Tuesdays and Fridays. Now we're delivering four days a week and you can order by 11 a.m. and get it by five. So um, yeah, and kept the same quality and, and it's been great. Um, but something that, again, doesn't, not what we came here to do. Uh, it's just there's kind of a means to the end of it, frankly. So now, also, you have um, a cookbook out. Tell us a yep. little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, so we we crazily enough shot, wrote, designed uh, a cookbook in house. Uh, I think we started in 2016. Uh, took some time to to get it all together. We went through a couple writers, a couple. Uh, publishers um, and uh, Caitlin and my office with my chefs were instrumental in you know basically getting this this thing off the ground and we recently won an uh, international association of calling professionals cookbook uh, self-published cookbook of the award uh, self-published cookbook of the year award um, and uh, yeah so it's been and so what it is it's it's called beginnings how the party started and it's uh, 50 hors d'oeuvre recipes. So the idea is like the beginning of a party. And then it also has like these vignettes about how the company began um, and then some drinks, like some Pharisees uh, cocktails, uh, kind of again, from all beginnings uh, of a party and of, and of the company. So. Listen, I mean, with a lot of people at home now, they need those recipes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. I will say as a morning, they're not necessarily like recipes that you can just like, it's not, it's the exact opposite of 30 minute meals. So 30 minute meals is like, you know, you come home and this is like, you need like three hours and a bunch of, and a bunch of time and, and shopping to put these recipes together. Um, which, you know, again, we, so I think for a lot of, we have, we're lucky to have a lot of really great culinary professionals that come from the CIA and young, young passionate chefs and cooks who are like, look up to like where the company is and think about going into catering. I really want to bring a lot of awareness to catering because I, I really, it's never been like the sexy part of the industry to go to. So like when you were in school, we were like, you know, uh, where are you going to go? And it's one kid's like per se and one kid's like John George and all those really incredible restaurant chefs. And that's where they want to go, you know, to stage or, um, or work. And I want to bring those people into catering. So I'm kind of like trying to show that there is um, something in, in catering and it's exciting. 
So that was one of those. Another another reason it wasn't just client facing; it was also like industry facing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So. Yeah. Where? What do you see? Like, what do you predict is the future of the wedding industry? Like, what do you think are trends that are here to stay and yeah. things that you know might might not come back? I think small parties are here to stay. Like, I think the idea of you know, I have pick a budget twenty thousand dollars, and I'm going to try to get as many people as I can for like you know in a really reasonable location. Um, versus now I'm going to take twenty people and create this like perfect jewel box little wedding with high end catering and beautiful flowers and all the best vendors and just try to basically not spread that num that that money out over so many people and just keep it more intimate. Um, I think is I think is here to stay. There, I have no reason to, like, I have no data to like back that up with. But um, I think I'm. I think that people are probably seeing that they're going to these parties and they're having a great time. And um, so, yeah. I mean, I also I think also the other side could be there could be a, the other side of that too, which is like people haven't seen any of their friends in so long, and they're just like, I want to see everybody, and I want everybody at my wedding, and I want to celebrate with everybody. So I can see that going both ways a little bit. But. Yeah. I mean, I think people are going stir crazy that they're ready to get yeah. out and, you know, pass this. But I do think that the micro wedding trend is here to stay. I don't know if we're going to see like these 300 person weddings anymore. I mean, do I think that we're still going to see a hundred person weddings? Yes. Um, but I think that that intimate feeling is here to stay for the long term. Yeah. And I think also it's funny because you, you, know, you, you look at like people's access to like these incredible photos like on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. And, and we get this a lot where we unfortunately have to kind of like break hearts where they're like, we want this. And we're like, we, we can do that, but it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and so I think that by by reducing the guest count, it does give you a little bit more flexibility to have some of those really special or opulent, you know, dishes or presentations or whatever, um, just because there's fewer people. So the whole thing becomes a little easier. So. Right. Yeah. I always said, like, for myself, and this is just from somebody coming who's, who's been in the industry, I've been in the industry most of my life, is that I will chop my guest list before I chop the things that I want because before you chop dessert (laughs) oh I'm not chopping dessert exactly I'm not yeah we we talked about this earlier you know um us but a lot of people like it's not as trendy now to like do multiple desserts or have like a dessert bar or a candy bar anything like that and I like 100% do not agree like I I'm not like the type who's like, just do a wedding cake. Like, no, you will never hear that from me. <laughs> like the more is more. And I like to see variety, but you know, that's just coming from the catering ends. <laughs> <laughs> now, what advice do you have for our brides and grooms who are currently planning during a pandemic? Yeah, um, I would just say be realistic, I think. Um, as far as like timing, you know, um, and also kind of like going back to our comment before, which is like kind of like know yourself. I mean, we have brides and grooms who we have it right now. We're like, I'm having my wedding on May 16th. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I have 50 people or 
you know, the 250 I want to have, I'm having a party and, you know, no one's going to stop me basically. Um, and then we have people who are a lot more cautious and, you know, um, I think the idea, of, you know, I think last year too, one thing that we're seeing is like, you had elderly families, grandparents, et cetera, who you really wanted to be there. Um, you were definitely pushing because those people had no vaccinations. You know, they were definitely um, a lot more vulnerable. So now that we're seeing, you know, those older generations getting vaccinations, even if even if all the 30-somethings aren't vaccinated, but those uh, more vulnerable populations are, um, I think people might be a little bit more going on, you know, having these parties, especially outside. But um, I think on our side, we're seeing a lot of people and uh, brides and grooms are doing a lot of planning. And I think that they're not exactly sure when to pull the trigger, which I, I get it. Um, but uh, I just would say I try to be realistic on when you really think things are gonna come around and where you are in this like spectrum of like, you know, I'm gonna do it no matter what. And if there's any, you know, and if there's any risk, I'm not doing it, right? And so there's like this continuum and you have to figure out where you are on this thing. And right. Be true to that. So. Yep. Yeah, there's no um, right or wrong way. It's just what works best for you as a couple. Like, totally. are you going to push it back until when you can do 200 people? Do what you got to do. If you're like, I don't care. I want to get married on that day. And, and you're comfortable with, you know, a smaller amount of guests. That's okay too. It's just. Well, and also there's outside factors. Like we have some couples who are all their families overseas. And so like, if, if they can't get here, they're not comfortable. Or the, you know, if the, if the um, vaccinations aren't happening at the same rate, they are here, things like that. So, you know, there's just a lot of unique circumstances. So it's really hard for me to like give a magic pill advice on like how everybody should react but I just think it's a very personal decision I think all this you know, I think everything COVID related is you know people um it's just a personal decision so I think you have to do what's right for them and just know 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 who you are and, and how much risk you're willing to take I guess so yep well yeah. I, I agree with you on that for sure yeah. so Mark tell everybody where can they follow you where can they see your stuff where should they look yeah. Thanks. So, um, so on the mark events.com. Um, we also have an Instagram, uh, on the mark event Instagram. Um, my Instagram, I'm not the biggest Instagrammer. I'll put it out there, but, um, on the mark Weber, Mark with a C, uh, W E B E R. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's all of our social stuff. Oh, we'll end up, We'll tag you and you'll tag us. Yeah, we're going tag you and everything. Everybody Actually, I did miss a bunch. So all of our venues also have, and a lot of them. So like, there's a, yeah, so we'll put all the tags on there. If anybody who wants to follow, uh, please do. That would be wonderful. I definitely will. Um, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Um, I appreciate you coming on. And I'm glad we got to talk so much about food and culinary and we haven't done that yet on this podcast surprisingly so and dessert <laughs> it's great um you know i look forward to both you and myself having like a very prosperous like transition back into wedding season um fingers crossed i am hoping and praying for some normal yeah. day <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um 
I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode of the Bride Tender Podcast, where we have a new episode every single Monday. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as now on YouTube, because we're now on YouTube and, you know, you should watch us there instead of just listening. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the bride tender, where I share fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day and hiring the best in the business to execute for your wedding day. Make sure to go follow Mark at on the mark events, check out his work, look into his cookbook, look into Crave and, you know, ordering, you know, dinner in, you know, if you want a romantic night in with your fiance, you know, now is the time to do it. We're doing romantic night nights in now opposed to out. Um, you know, until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.